CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show, and thank you for being with us. Like most people who are paying any attention at all to the tensions and rising conflicts building in this country by the day, it seems, I'm wondering what the future holds in store for us, our kids, our grandkids. I'm truly fearful for them, for all of us. I'm pretty sure we're on the precipice of something, some event, something unexpected, and something big. It might be a great awakening on the part of the left and their Marxist leaders. Perhaps they'll come to their senses. Perhaps they'll overcome their vicious hatred for America and will somehow, somehow embrace gentler thoughts and kinder ways and muster gratitude instead of contempt and scorn, instead of what I worry lies ahead. It's certainly becoming clearer by the day that the Marxist Dems, their leaders, the deep state, have joined to become a vast fifth column in America. They've become the enemy of all that is American, and they mean to destroy our republic, our system of laws and way of life, the American way, our American heritage. The left, the Marxists who lead the Dems, have no shame, it seems. They stole, they cheated and lied, and worse, to put an impaired, compromised and evil puppet in the White House a president who's trying to imprison his political opponent, who's been part of the Obama conspiracy to destroy Donald Trump over the past eight years. And most Republicans have merely watched, dumb and numb, while the Marxist Dems and Deep State tried to frame President Trump, derail his presidency, and to punish, paralyze, and if need be, destroy him over all those years to this very moment. So if you're among those who think war, a civil war, is imminent, be afraid. Because I'm afraid the very same Republicans and independents who've just been bystanders and witnesses while the left and bureaucrats persecuted President Trump, I'm afraid that such practiced bystanders won't make great warriors. And we need great warriors. We need many of them. Because these Marxist Dems aren't our only deadly threat. Powerful forces are also allied against us around the world. A new report from the Russian government-owned company United Shipbuilding Corporation shows Russia deploying hypersonic missiles on their new nuclear submarines. The Russian Navy's Yasin-class nuclear submarines will be outfitted with Zircon hypersonic cruise missiles. They have a range of about 600 miles and travel at speeds up to five times faster than the speed of sound. The timing of that report comes as no coincidence, because as we speak, China and Russia are off the coast of Alaska, running joint naval operations, and just yesterday, NORAD detected four Russian aircraft operating in Alaska's air defense identification zone. Now, NORAD indifferently announced they don't see Russian aircraft in the defense zone, as a threat. Be afraid, folks. Be afraid. 
And while Americans are beginning to realize that we may have to defend America from our enemies, foreign and domestic, President Donald Trump has been waging his own war here at home with that fifth column of Marxist Dems and deep state bureaucrats and the corporate media that collaborate with them. Trump currently faces three federal indictments with a fourth pending this week in Fulton County, Georgia. The most recent indictment for his rally on January 6, where his case is now before Obama judge Tanya Chutkin. Chutkin has been one of the harshest sentencing judges on January 6 defendants and a highly political one. Here is a quote from Judge Chutkin when she was oversentencing a January 6 defendant last year. Quote, I see the videotapes, I see the footage of the flags and the signs that people were carrying and the hats they were wearing, and the garb, and the people who mobbed that capital were there in fealty, in loyalty, to one man, not to the Constitution, of which most of the people who come before me seem woefully ignorant, not to the ideals of this country, and not to the principles of democracy, it is a blind loyalty to one person, who, by the way, remains free to this day, end quote. This is the same judge who will decide whether Donald Trump goes free. Now, how is President Trump supposed to get a fair trial from a Marxist judge who has previously made vividly clear her disdain of the very man she judges? And as that case proceeds, Marxist dim District Attorney Fannie Willis is meeting with a Fulton County, Georgia, grand jury this week to indict President Trump over a phone call in which Donald Trump asked Georgia's Secretary of State to conduct an election free of fraud. Here's a short clip of the President's phone call with that Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. You should want to have an accurate election, and you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have. You don't have. Not even close. You got. You're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. You know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a. You know, that's a criminal. That's a criminal offense. And and you know you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyers. That's a big risk. But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have, because we won the state. So so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? We won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly in many ways. And I think you have to say that you're going to reexamine it, and you can reexamine it, but, but reexamine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers. Re-examine the election with people who want to find answers. Now that sounds downright insurrectionist, doesn't it? Those are the words of President Trump as the rabid Marxist Dems without conscience try to indict this innocent man. 
a man, by the way, never found to have committed any wrongdoing, despite eight long years of FBI investigations, two impeachments, and now two special counsels and the obscenity of the Dems' January 6th committee. The only wrongdoing revealed over those eight years, the wrongdoing of the FBI, the Department of Justice, the FISA court, and the rabid Marxists of the then-Democrat-led Congress. And so it goes. New polling from Kaplan Strategy spells trouble for 2024 hopeful Ron DeSantis. The latest poll from Kaplan has DeSantis dropping to third place behind President Trump, of course, and Vivek Ramaswamy. In that poll, Trump leads at 48%, Ramaswamy has 11%, and DeSantis has fallen to 10%. Let's bring in our guest today, author, columnist, Lee Smith, a great American and friend. His latest article singles out one man who has been the force over the last 16 years driving the Marxist Dems, Barack Obama. It is one of the best written articles I've ever seen with regard to the corruption of Obama and all that we've faced over the past decade. The title of Lee's piece is Obama's January 5th Conspiracy. Trump's problem and America's isn't the deep state. It's his predecessor. You can read the full article at lewdobbs.com at the top right side of the page under our featured article. Lee, great to have you back with us again, and we appreciate it so much. Let's start with the beginning. It starts on January 5th as the Obama administration is winding down in 2017 and preparing to turn over control of the government, ostensibly to Donald Trump. Your thoughts about those moments on January 5th. Definitely, Luth. First of all, thanks very much for inviting me on, as always, and thank you for the extraordinarily kind words. You had me blushing for for about thirty seconds over here. Um, well, well, I, uh, what happened January fifth was this was memorialized in a Susan Rice memo. She was Obama's national security advisor. There was a meeting at the White House. This was the day before. Uh, this was a day before the electoral college vote in twenty seventeen. That was to confirm Donald Trump's victory. Um, and Obama was meeting with James Comey, with Sally Yates. Susan Rice was there, as was Vice President, now President Joe Biden. And during that meeting, they discussed the Russia investigation. Obama, Obama told James Comey to continue the investigation, but to go by the book. And they also said, well, that was from a law enforcement perspective, as Ms. Rice put it. And from a uh, from an intelligence perspective, they wanted to know if they could share information regarding Russia with the incoming Trump team. Uh, the important thing to remember about this, everyone in that room knew that Russiagate was garbage. It was uh, it was an information warfare campaign designed at that designed before the election to spy on Donald Trump and to uh, and to delegitimize Trump's candidacy after the election when Hillary Clinton uh, had lost her run. Barack Obama took over the operation. That's what the January 5th meeting was about. Susan Rice memorialized that this was the day that Barack Obama took over what was a campaign dirty trick and turned it into an instrument to not only delegitimize 
his successor and his presidency, as well as the electorate that had voted for him, but also by accusing Donald Trump of being a Russian spy to destabilize the United States. That's what the January 5th meeting was. My argument is what we are seeing now today with the uh, uh, not culminating, but most recently with the latest indictment of Donald Trump on January 6th related charges, we are seeing the continuation of a conspiracy that Barack Obama heads and that he began on January 5th 2017. The consequences country have been disastrous, right? The country has been driven to madness because Barack Obama injected this poison into our public sphere, accusing his successor of, uh, of, of polluting, collaborating with a hostile foreign power. And it was over, it seemed. Uh, it was uh, debunked, I guess, is the favorite expression of the left-wing media, uh, it being uh, all of those allegations uh, against Donald Trump. We know for a fact uh, that it was Hillary Clinton's campaign's uh, uh, concept and, uh, uh, and ruse that she created. Uh, and the the Democratic National Committee, in concert with the Clinton campaign and the necessary lawyers to attend, uh, brought it forward and made it live. And we know also that the FBI knew from its inception that what it was, which is a, a political uh, partisan construct of the Hillary campaign, it was marched up to the Justice Department to various people, amongst them uh, Senator John McCain, uh, slavishly uh, carrying it to, to whomever would take it up uh, at uh, DOJ uh, and through intermediaries. It, it's remarkable. We have known and our power structure has known, as you point out, that it was an absolute attempt to impede, to stop altogether President Trump's candidacy before the election, to stop his election, and then after the election to overthrow, to nullify his presidency. Yep. I think, uh, and look, I've been reporting on, on Russiagate, Lou, as you know, for, for quite a while. And so I'm, I'm, I, uh, I hold myself accountable on this, too. But, you know, when we found out that Hillary Clinton had paid for the Steele dossier, that... Uh, that was misdirection in a sense, right? Hillary Clinton paid for it and Hillary, the Hillary Clinton campaign used it. But the thing that, that, the thing that it's not that we missed, but, but we tended to, uh, put it to the other side is that these were all Barack Obama spy chiefs, right? This was James Comey. This was John Brennan. This was James Clapper. These people all answered to Barack Obama. And as we know, Obama was informed about this. Now, I don't know if the way that John Brennan informed him is entirely accurate. I tend very much to doubt it. But what we do know is that Barack Obama knew what was going on. The central fact here is that Obama was aware of this. At any second, he could have said, wait a minute, Comey. Uh, wait a minute, Brennan. This is insane. What we're doing is we're going to drive the country. At, we're going to divide the country here. So cut this out right now. This is not what we're going to do. But of course, the real purpose was um, I think we're starting to see more and more clearly, of course, um, 
<laughs> well, they are specifically going after Donald Trump, but I think the real intended effect was to divide the country as a whole, not just to target Donald Trump, but was to divide the country, I, which I, has happened. I agree with you entirely on that, uh, on the on the motivation and the goals. Uh, I don't think we know all uh, that uh, Obama intended. But to your point uh, on, on President Obama's intel chieftains, which is the expression we use on this show, uh, his chieftains were engaged uh, concurrently with the Clinton uh, campaign. They knew about this uh, this uh, plot on the part of Hillary Clinton uh, and her campaign from almost the inception. They had meetings in 2020, as we now know, with those chieftains and with others, and including in at least one of those three uh, instances I'm about to mention, uh, with Joe Biden. Uh, yeah. That was in April. That was in July. And again, another meeting uh, in late summer, early fall. I can't remember this, whether it was uh, September or August uh, that they met again on this. But all of them were in on it uh, without any question whatsoever. Yeah, they, I, I mean, I, I think one way for us to look at this, how Russiagate started was, you know, Christopher Steele, the uh, so the, the ostensibly authored the Steele dossier. They've described him as a whole bunch of different things, right? Whether it was a British ex I, uh, an expert on Russia stuff that the essential fact here is is that Christopher Steele was an FBI confidential informant dating back to about 2011, I believe it was. That that's that's the crux of the matter here. The way that I've seen this for a long time is that Christopher Steele was a front. It's the FBI who authored the dossier. That's what it was. The FBI uh, and DOJ, they knew what it would take to get a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. Christopher Steele didn't know what it would take. Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS didn't know what it'd take. There was no one at the Clinton campaign who knew it. The people who knew what it would take to get a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant to spy on an American citizen was the FBI and DOJ. And that's what the Steele dossier was written for, not just to smear Trump, but to secure a spy warrant to target the campaign. Then, of course, the transition team and then the Trump presidency itself. And and the level of planning, uh, I, I truly believe, had to be, uh, we know that the CIA had to be significantly involved. Brennan was too large a figure, too close to the president for him not to be, in my judgment at least, uh, intensely in, uh, in the lead. He, he boasted about it. Brennan boasted about it. That's what he told the House Intelligence Committee in May 2017. He said, hey, I was the guy who gave all the information to the FBI. Their whole invest investigation is based on what I pushed to them. So, yeah, Bre I mean, Bre Brennan, I mean, again, that that's who these people are. They they want credit for the madness they've sown across our country. They're they're pathological. And as you point out, none more pathological than the former president himself, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. He he is an extraordinary personality. And I think that you have nailed it uh, when you use the term uh, <laughs> pathological. 
and we're going to continue this with uh, with Lee Smith uh, and his extraordinary uh, article. We'll, uh, we're going to also put this up on the website. Uh, we're going to give you uh, all of the directions to get to uh, this uh, this must read uh, on what has, uh, I, I guess, the way you have to call it, the Obama, uh, the Obama conspiracy against Donald Trump. We're continuing with Lee Smith in just one moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's only now getting more and more interesting by the moment. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're back talking with Lee Smith, and the article is Obama's January 5 conspiracy, Trump's problem and America's isn't the deep state, it is his predecessor. Lee, there is a, a line I want to share with the audience, if I may, from your, from your writing. Uh, and you're referring to the January 5th meeting. Uh, the idea that Susan Rice was covering the covering for herself and for uh, the president, uh, all of that is then also uh, not symmetrical with this, the statement by the book, uh, mm -hmm. telling these folks to do everything by the book. It sounded like uh, Obama was trying to energize them to uh, to drive them uh, toward whatever nefarious purpose they could uh, find to please the pathological president. Uh, is is that your is that your um, analysis? I, I think that's a really good way to put it. I, w I, I wish I'd thought of that. I would have had it in my piece. Um, yeah, that, that that's what it was. It was meant to drive them forward on this. It wasn't about doing it by the book. Obama knew at the very outset that the investigation was phony, right? That it was just an information operation targeting Don, the Donald Trump campaign, right? Obama knew it was fake. But this is how Obama works. And this is one of the things that I describe in my piece, his inversions of language, Right. So by the book is one of the inversions of language to describe a phony investigation, an investigation he knew was phony. And we see the world that we're living in now has been shaped by Barack Obama's inversion of reality. We see the language all around us, whether it's gender affirming care or the way to save democracy is uh, is is by censoring political opponents. This is Obama's method, and this is why I describe him as pathological, because by the book is a perfect example in this instance of how Barack Obama proceeds. And lunch uh, with President uh, Biden. 
and and we all saw the pictures as the whole the whole West Wing assembled around President Obama, who quite in a studied manner simply ignored President Biden and uh, was obviously enjoying the moment immensely. Uh, you, you say that is part of his pathology and absolutely critical to satisfying that pathology uh, on the part of Obama. He needs people to know he's in charge. He needs people to know that the things that are ripping America into shreds, he's behind them. Right? Well, that day he showed up at the White House is very interesting, and people show that again and again. And people show uh, people show the interview with Stephen Colbert and by uh, when he talks about a third term. And by the way, that's not the only time he talked about it. There were several other times he talked about how he would handle a third term. So it's something again, these are things that Obama has to say. Right? He has to put it out there so that people have to know it's him. That's what uh, it's not just the fact that he's done it, that he's doing it. People have to know that he's doing it. And it's no accident that that Biden's first hundred uh, hires for the for the West Wing for the White House, seventy of them were former o Obama <laughs> placements. Uh, that wasn't an accident either, was it? No, not at all. And you know, th there's a lot. Uh, I mean, of course, they're not saying this on the left, and they're not saying this in in Obama land or in regime media. But there's a lot of reluctance on the right, Lou, which I'm sure you've you've, you've noticed, perhaps or you've remarked on even more than I have. But to to note the obvious, we, we can't we can't have it both ways by saying, you know, Joe Biden looks like he's in pretty steep cognitive decline here. The guy can't finish sentences. Uh, the guy uh, can't stand up straight. The guy can't walk straight. But nonetheless, we believe that he's really the one who's pushing all these uh, divisive and destructive policies. It's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the presidential avatar. Uh, uh, under Joe Biden, the presidency is a ceremonial position. It's not Joe Biden who's calling the shots. There is no way that any decent, honest, reasonable American could possibly imagine that Joe Biden was actually in charge of the federal government. I just can't imagine anyone being able to think that uh, looking at just the the outtakes from uh, the videos, various videos uh, that appear on Twitter, social media everywhere uh, of him bumbling, stumbling, uh, absolute moments of just paralysis, unable to speak, uh, unaware of where he is, and certainly without a clue as how to get to his next uh, appointment and to be let off by, of course, Jill Biden uh, from the stage. I mean, people say, but again, you see people on the right who refuse to look at the reality. I even remember a couple of weeks ago, people were saying, oh, Jill Biden is taking a much bigger role in leading the White House. I'm like, it's not Jill Biden who is running the show. Barack Obama, as I think I must have discussed before, Lou, Joe, uh, Barack Obama is the first president in over a century who stayed in Washington. The last one was Woodrow Wilson because Woodrow Wilson had a stroke and was incapacitated and couldn't move. Barack Obama is the one who has stayed in Washington, D.C. What do people think Barack Obama is doing by staying in Washington, D.C.? Right? It's not a shadow White House. That's where the policies are being run out of. 
the Biden, uh, the, 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 the existence of Joe Biden and the condition, current condition of Joe Biden presented a historic opportunity to the Obama faction. Right, that they could basically run the country without anyone holding them accountable. And I think we'll both agree that rarely are people ever held accountable in Washington, but this was to a different degree. This was to another degree. So that's what that, that that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. It's Barack Obama, and I'm keen for our fellow Americans to understand what's happening. Our problems, as I say in that subtitle, are not the deep state, as appealing as a conceit as that may be. Our problems are not the deep state. It's the Obama faction, and it's specifically the 44th president of the United States. That is our problem. And the national left-wing corporatist legacy media, of course, ignoring all of that. And I have to say, I think most Americans have been ignoring it. I do think that uh, some of the wokeness has finally awakened uh, Americans, uh, working men and women, their families, uh, the middle class who have other things to do other than worry about the, you know, the quality or nature or character of uh, their president or elected officials. They assume a high standard for each of them. And that's an assumption that has been met. Uh, perhaps irregularly over the the decades here, over the last uh, two centuries. But the reality is, our our elites have gone mad. They and the left is certainly at the forefront. But let's be very clear: the Republican Party knows knows all of this. They hear you. They hear me and others. Uh, speaking. They have to be reading what John Durham reported. They have to be reading uh, and knowledgeable about these issues. And they do nothing. For crying out loud, Kevin McCarthy is talking about, well, you know, it looks like it might be time for an, an impeachment. Uh, I, I, the, the Biden crime family is unique in American history. Uh, it, the Biden Obama, well, let me rephrase that. The Obama-Biden uh, regime is is the most corrupt in our history. It, it's unbelievably so. Without compare. And I just don't understand why it is that, how it is that the corporatist media refuses to look at what is straightforwardly in front of them and the, and the Republican Party. Well, yeah, the media is easier to explain. They're all intelligence operatives. This is no longer a media. This, they're, you know, they're, they're intelligence assets. And that's Obama who helped pathologize the media. Why the Republicans won't do it, I, I, I'll just say to preface this, I certainly don't mean to make excuses, but I think they're, I, they're scared. Right. And they're not just scared for their political careers. They recognize that these are scary people because I think they see it up front. And I think they see how nuts that these people actually are. For most Americans sitting at home, for American voters, I, I, I think contemplating this is, is extraordinarily painful because we talk about it in terms of banana republic, third world this, third world that. But what what are these regimes? What 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 is communism? These are all different forms that pathologies take in mass politics. They're all governed by extremely sick people, whether we're talking about Pol Pot, whether we're talking about Stalin, whether we're talking about Mao, uh, Xi Jinping, 
These are all pathological regimes for normal Americans to say, wait a minute, this is all so crazy. I can't believe it's happening here in America. Gender affirming care. What's what's going on? A spy balloon crosses the United States and no one does anything. It's extremely difficult. I think for us, for normal people to recognize what is unfolding in front of us, it's difficult and it's painful. Is it true? Is it possible that they're rolling up January 6th defendants and treating them like political prisoners, political prisoners in the United States? Who would ever think of such a thing? But that's exactly where we are right now. It's a pathological regime. And I think the Republicans ought to be standing up to it. And I'm not justifying what they're doing at all. But I think they're scared. I think people who are looking at this closely are pretty scared of what they're seeing. Scared to death, many of them. And I and I cannot uh, blame many of them, uh, because where do you look for a friend, uh, a, a person who thinks like you in this polarized, alienated uh, society of ours right now? You can't trust your government. Uh, everyone is laughing uh, at uh, the madness that is Hollywood, uh, and the family is in decline. Uh, mm. We're having fewer children. That is an expression, if I've ever seen one, uh, mm. of, a, of a society that doesn't have much confidence in the future at all. We'll continue this. We're talking with Lee Smith, and we're talking about the Obama pathology and the trail of mayhem and tragedy that he has left in his wake. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're back talking with Lee Smith, and I want to say... you, you mentioned that we have ignored the evidence that Obama was not normal evidence that he made public because it meant facing a reality that that Americans are just couldn't comprehend, as we were discussing uh, the this is a remarkable period in time. I think the country is on the verge of a severe crisis, the likes of which we haven't seen since the Civil War. Give us your sense of where we are. Uh, and what condition our condition is in, if you will? I think we're already. Uh, yeah, I, I. I don't think that the kind of conflict uh, that 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 uh, tore America apart during the Civil War that we're looking at something like that. But I think we're already seeing lots of violence. I think we're seeing. 
Um, well, certainly we're, we're already seeing lots of violence and we are seeing the, and we're seeing, we're seeing the manifestation of lots of different pathologies and Americans. I, I think the most important thing that, that, you know, that, that journalists, commentators like, like you and me, Lou, I think the most important thing we can do is to clarify things for people and to help shape it. I think the most important thing is to help give people, um, not just hope, right? But to give them a language, to give them a, a picture that they can understand what's happening in front of us. I think it's a real, uh, it, it's a service and it's a very thing for us to do because look, I, 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 uh, family and friends think all the time when I describe how, how, how bad I think things are and they say, but you're optimistic. Well, you're crazy. You're Pollyannish. Like, no, we have to understand things clearly to get out of where we are. I'm optimistic because we're Americans and this is America and we are a great, resilient and resourceful people. I am fully confident in America and in Americans. What we need to do, however, is to make sure we understand things clearly, what our problems are in front of us. If we're dealing with a pathological regime, we have to see it as such. These are not political differences, right? It's not like, well, what should the tax rate be? Well, I don't know. Should we spend more money on education or how much more are we going to spend to see if we can get the F-35 to work? Right. It's not a debate like that. That's not the argument that we're having right now in this country. I think a fair way to put it is, well, it appears that it's not really Democrats and Republicans. It appears to be a fight between good and evil. Another way to put this is good and evil to see evil in terms of pathologies. And that's where we are. And I w that's how I want people to understand it so we can see things clearly and get out of this extremely dangerous and volatile situation. It is dangerous. It's volatile. I th and as I said, I think we're very near uh, a, a rupture in our society because this is, first of all, on the part of many and uh, at the apex of that many uh, is Barack Obama. There is no question in my mind his responsibility and uh, in all of this, uh, and as well as his acolytes uh, and, and and officials. It's no accident, as you point out, that Barack Obama is the only president in our country's history who, upon leaving office, stayed in Washington, D.C. That's That says to me a great deal. Uh, and the fact that we don't see Susan Rice, we don't see Samantha Powers, we don't see his uh, his uh, his chiefs uh, on, you know, visible uh, to to the workaday journalists who are covering the White House. Uh, it, the politics of this are uh, ambiguous, uh, purposely smudged a bit uh, wherever a picture is taken. Uh, when do you think we'll see an opportunity for real clarity and for real, real uh, retribution and righting uh, of all these wrongs that have been perpetrated? Well, I mean, certainly, uh, certainly uh, a Donald Trump victory in November 2024 would go 
would go part of the way there. But again, because I, I think what we're talking about, Lou, here, it's not just a, it's not just a political it's not a strictly political issue. Right. It's about something else. So I think Americans can work towards these solutions on their own as well. And that's what I mean by by people seeing things clearly. Right. We're normal people. When things get crazy around you, people are saying all the time, well, that seems crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's okay to say that something is crazy. Use your common sense. Uh, Embrace the normalcy around you, the normal people, your normal community, your normal children, your normal parents and grandparents and grandchildren. So I think we can go a long way in that direction as we start to understand things clearly. I think that Donald Trump, um, again, a Trump victory can go a long way to helping us get there. But again, I, I, I just don't see that our problems are fundamentally political right now. And this is one of the reasons why I'm uh, tending to argue more and more against the concept of the deep state. Now, I, I, I don't doubt that the administrative state is an enormous is an enormous problem going back again to the age of Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bunch of uh, faceless bureaucrats who gave the order to divide the country in half with the Russiagate operation, right? That wasn't Comey. It wasn't even Brennan. That was Barack Obama. And this is what I mean. There are so many examples of Obama's pathology, but I think this is the central one. The central one is this. Who would do this to the country that they govern twice? Who would do this that doesn't have even have to be a former president or a, or a, or a former politician? Just any American. What American would design a project to split the country in half and push it into madness. That's the central piece of evidence of Obama's madness right there. Who would do this to America? Who would hurt America? Who would hurt America this badly? Not even Osama Osama bin Laden just wanted to kill Americans, right? A nasty, a horrible, evil human being. He had no intention of dividing the entire country like this and setting Americans against each other and driving them crazy. That's pathological. That's not simply terrorism. That's pathological. That pathology seems, as you as you put it there, contagious. Uh, and I believe that Joe Biden shows some signs of that even in his impairment. Uh, and it's I think it's interesting to to reflect on the fact that it was Joe Biden was the only person who did not want to go after uh, Osama bin Laden on that uh, historic day. Do you? Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden is I mean, Joe Biden is, as Robert Gates said, you know, not the maybe not the greatest national security official ever. But as Robert Gates said, you know, Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy decision while he's, uh, you know, what while he's been in office. And of course, he's referring to not just the vice presidency, but was also referring to his time on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I've, I, I wanted to talk about just Biden for a second, because sure. something you said struck me talking about Biden's corruption. And um, again, I, I think it's important to, 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 to get a clear reading on Joe Biden. I mean, the way that I think of him now, I think it was like sort of like the, Wil- the whitey bulger of uh, the whitey, bul- whitey bulger in the White House. Right. That this is how corrupt this family is. 
and this is astonishing itself. And when you were saying, Lou, before that this patholo- uh, pathologies are contagious, that's exactly what happens in pathological regimes. Pathological people are advanced. Normal people are not. Right. I'm not saying that everyone uh, working in the, 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 the tens of thousands of people working to hundreds of thousands working across the federal government right now under the Biden administration are nuts. What I am saying is the people who rise to positions of power. This is what happens in pathological regime. It creates a process of negative selection where pathological people are advanced. Normal people are not. And if you look around at that administration, look at someone like Jennifer Granholm. Right. Look, look, look at the, not just their demeanor, look at their ideas, but their demeanor tells us tells us a lot. Right. So, w- w- again, th- it, it's not just Obama. There is a very, very, uh, very sick core of people at the top of our elite, not just the political elite, but also the corporate elite. We look at places like BlackRock. We look at George Soros. I mean, George Soros. I, I mean, can you believe this? This is a man who is spending millions of dollars to get district attorneys elected who are unleashing felons on American cities. You know, and we can spend lots of time. Well, what I mean, what what's the shot there? What, why is he doing this? Is, is, is he making money on real estate somehow by emptying out cities? I don't get it. What's he doing? Doesn't matter. Let's see it for what it is. A man who is determined to to free felons against American families in great American cities is pathological. That's the core of our regime right now. Across the top, political, corporate, cultural, and media establishment, they're pathological. Indeed, they are. And you're you're absolutely right. This has to become a, 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 a way forward that is to set what uh, is, uh, no matter how difficult it is for all of us to either appreciate or comprehend. Uh, it, we have to start looking at things clearly and accepting what is the reality, uh, it, at least as, uh, as we recognize that reality to be a crisis and a, a, an existential crisis for this country, in my, in my belief. Uh, Let's talk more about this. I think the audience will be fascinated by your further thinking on these uh, issues and ideas uh, and the role of Barack Obama in what has been a, uh, a creating a, a, a trail of uh, absolute tragedy over the course of the past two decades. Uh, the man of bears immense responsibility, as do we all, for permitting his uh, his ascent uh, and what he has done to this this great country and to every American. Uh, we just want to say, Lee, thanks so much for being with us. Lee Smith, uh, your concluding thoughts, if you will. Well, it's, it's just to, to repeat something I said before, that I have total confidence in the American people, the resilience, uh, resourcefulness, strength. And a lot of this happened, frankly, is because Americans are such a good people, such an open minded people. Right. As I mentioned in this piece, it was Obama's 2008 um, opponent, John McCain, who didn't want to say anything about Jeremiah Wright because he didn't want to look like a racist. So Americans are a very good people, are a good hearted people. And they're also a very uh, smart people. 
Our country is based on common sense, empirical evidence, real science. It's not based on garbage. So I have, um, again, I, I, I may test your patience here again, Lou, and also your great audience by saying I am, I, I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to the future. And um, something beautiful and extraordinary is going to come out of all of this as we join together. Uh, and as Americans, as Americans, uh, glory in being normal people, not pathological, and able to call out the pathologies that are driving our elite right now. And Americans are, are seeing this more and more clearly every day. Thank you so much, Lee Smith. We appreciate it. You're a great American. Thanks for being with us here. Thank you so much, Lou. God bless you. I hope you will read Lee's piece that we discuss here today. You can do so at loudobs.com under the Featured Article tab. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Tomorrow, our guest is attorney, former federal prosecutor Bud Collins, who knew about Biden corruption and Ukraine five years ago, and he tried to make the Justice Department understand. Join us on The Great America Show each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to go to loudobbs.com. Thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.